everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm the hands behind Lovecraft Crochet, my plush user for the anxious, depressed, autistic, and neurodivergent. Small enough to travel in a purse, backpack, diaper bag, or even your pocket. You can check out my Facebook page or TikTok to see what patterns are available, and stay tuned for the new ones coming out. I also make hats, scarves, blankets, and dice bags for the tabletop gamer or dice goblin in your life. Feel free to order through the page, TikTok, or via email at love.craft.crochet.com. Now, back to the segment. Due to the graphic and disturbing nature of the crimes discussed, listener discretion is advised. Retrostatic Radio presents Killing 15 Minutes. Hello and welcome to Killing 15 Minutes, where we will give you your serial killer fix in 15 minutes or less, or your podcast is free. I'm Sam Rossi, and shortly I'll be handing a poorly written synopsis of a serial killer to my brother, who hasn't read it, on a serial killer he's most likely hasn't heard of. This should be fun. Good luck, bro. Thanks, sissy. And luckily the audio does sound much better. Thank you, everyone who listened. Timothy Spencer was known as the South Side Strangler, an American serial killer that killed three women after raping them. He became the first serial killer in the U.S. to be convicted on the basis of DNA evidence. First, his first victim, Debbie Davis, was found murdered September 19, 1987, in her Richmond, Virginia home. Police discovered her naked on the bed. She was strangled by a ligature and ratch-type device? Yeah, like, oh, like a ratcheting, like... Uh, like, uh... They said it's some type of ratcheting device. I assume that if it was linear strangulation, they were doing the twist one. Okay, I would assume it would be more something like a ratchet strap or some of those belts that... Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Because it doesn't have to ratchet ratchet, but the belt buckle would easily... Help keep the strangulation happening. Then there was Dr. Susan Hellams, who was found by her husband on October 3rd, 1987, in their bedroom closet. Her attacker was believed to have entered by cutting a screen on a second-story window. Helm's cause of death was ligature strangulation, most likely caused by two belts around her neck. And then finally, on November 22, 1987, Diane Cho, 15, was found in her family's apartment. She, too, had been raped and strangled, similar to Davis and Helm's. Thought you said he only had three victims. Because Susan Tucker was found December 1st in her home. She was raped and murdered around November 27th, 1987. Her injuries were matching the other three murders. So four. He killed four people. I believe he was only uh, convicted of three. That might be what I'm... What, what that I might have thinking. been how you did it? Yeah, fair enough. On January 20th, 1988, Spencer was arrested by Arlington police for Susan Tucker's murder. The police established that he was in Arlington at the time of a rape and murder. He was then charged for the other three murders. Forensic testing commenced on samples found at the crime scenes as the cases were prepared for trial. Spencer was first tried in Arlington for Susan Tucker's murder, July 11, 1988. He was convicted and sentenced to death. DNA evidence linking him to the crime scene, the first case in Virginia, to use DNA to successfully prove an offender's identity. Similarly, he was convicted in Richmond for Helms, Cho's, and Davis's murder. 
Z. Murders. His DNA was compared to other crime scene samples to help solve other murders or rapes. He was connected he was found to be connected to a nineteen eighty four murder of Carol Ham. David Vasquez was convicted in nineteen eighty five on that. Vasquez was granted an unconditional pardon after spending five years in prison. He was the first American exonerated by DNA evidence. Spencer, though, was a Spencer, though, was executed by electric chair on April 7th, 1994. It is a very cut-and-dry case this time. Thank you. I had to find a few after the after the Red Ripper that were sweet, short, sweet, and I got all the information and well, where it was well, you know, they didn't go into details. Well, that's also good. But, uh, yeah, he was the first, everybody knows Timothy Spencer's they know that he was the first one convicted of DNA, but not everybody can remember who he was. Basically, yeah. Like, I knew that the South Side Strangler was... I knew Virginia had the first DNA case, and I knew of the South Side Strangler. I never put the two together. <laughs> well, I actually... Th- that does lead to a very nice discussion on DNA, and how it is both really good and really bad. It's a blessing and a curse. I mean, it was really bad is probably over-exaggerating because DNA evidence can lead to, hey, we arrested the boyfriend because we found semen samples. Well, yes, we had sex, you know, an hour or two before she was killed. I'm just using that as a, yes, it is a straw man argument, but it has happened where people had to be pardoned because the DNA evidence was proven inaccurate to the timeline. There are, I think that nowadays we do rely on our forensics. Oh, period. absolutely, yeah. Compared to before, there had to be a lot of police work, you know. There, there was let, a lot of legwork involved to it. Compared to the 2020s to 1970, the technology difference is outrageous, but... I think we, as a society, rely too much on forensics to get us, to get the bad guy off the street. Especially when, I don't think it's that we rely too heavily on it. It's that it becomes tantamount to either a prosecution or a defense. Yeah. We have his DNA at the scene. That's all we need. And some, again, a lot of the time, that's fair. You know, if the dude's like, no, nah, I, I never knew this woman a day in my life. Well, then how come, you know... How, how come, you know, in her apartment are your fingerprints and you left sin, skin cells so that we could find your DNA? You know, we, we've put you here. If you're telling me you don't know her, then at that point, you kind of know her. Yeah. But I also... it's also, I'm actually really glad you also brought up the David Vasquez was exonerated because of that as well. We have... Because that's another major progress that we've made yes we have there have been i think over a hundred inmates that were wrongfully convicted and they were then cleared with dna i can be wrong on that but i remember hearing that somewhere oh and i think the number's probably grown over time that's probably i mean especially uh i know relatively recently um a couple were posthumously you know i I love and 
I love the irony of, you know, well, we arrested this black guy in 1981. Uh, he, he died in 2014. But in 2022, we're going to give him a posthumous pardon because we found DNA evidence proved he did not do it. Mm, again, I don't... But again, no, no, you're right. There was a lot of, you know, the DNA evidence. Um, one of the things, one of the problems, though, is being able to solve those, you know, crimes in the, let's say, 80s. Right. They weren't doing, they didn't keep the DNA as they should have. Right. So now now in the 2020s, we can't say, hey, okay, this person was raped and, you know, killed, but because we allowed, we didn't, you know, save the sample, store the samples correctly... We can't solve this 40-year-old crime, even though the person who probably did it is still alive. Or another thing that's come up relatively recently, because of all the different, you know, evolutions, is like, even 90s DNA evidence is very different than 2020 DNA. Oh, totally. And we've seen where, you know, a cold case has to stay cold, because while they were testing blood samples in the 90s and whatnot, that's all they were able to do. It, it's it, it, it's pro- a destruction of the evidence because they're trying to use the evidence, you know. Right. It is. It is. It is something that it. They're talking about seeing if they could get DNA off of the Zodiac Killer stuff. Yeah. Now, I'm thinking the only one that they're going to be able to get DNA evidence off of the you know what the letters. I won't even go with the letters because that could be almost anybody, copycat wise or not. Well, I was going to say it's also been 50, you know. Well, but depending on how they store the letters, depends on, you know, if they. That's, it, that's it, very it, true, too. But uh, the only one that I could think of is the uh, cab killer, the, the uh, cab driver that was killed in San Francisco. Right. That's the only one that where the, he, the killer was in the car, or at least they assumed he was in the car. He was assumably not in a skin-tight Lycra outfit. Like, I'm still saying the pleather dude, the the dude in the pleather spacesuit is totally different than the other I, one. I, but, I agree. I, I completely however, agree However, the Zodiac Killer is actually on our Patreon goal list. So if you would like to hear us break the 15-minute formula for much longer about popular people, then please... Like, share us once we get to a thousand unique uh, listeners listeners, and followers on our various social medias. We will do a poll for what will be the, you know. The special. The specials. Which will be, you know, at a thousand, at five thousand, at ten thousand. You know. And we'll cover the Zodiac Killer. We'll cover Timothy McVeigh. Would you really think the Unabomber, Timothy McVeigh, as a... I think... Would you consider him a serial killer? Because I, I would consider hold on. him... I would, because he has a modus operandi. Right. He had a manifesto. He There's a lot to dig in there. Mostly, I just would like to talk about him. Are it's you sure not... it's Timothy McVeigh we want to talk about, not Ted Kaczynski? No, Timothy McVeigh, the Oakland City Bomber. Yep, okay. 
You're the one who went to the Unabomber. I did went to the Unabomber because Ted Kaczynski's manifesto. The man was batshit crazy, but that manifesto. Well, that's because he was a very educated man. He was. I'm not arguing that. Anyways. But anyways, that is its own can of worms. Uh, final thoughts, sissy. I think that DNA has probably been the best thing that we've ever come up with for crimi- for criminology. No, that's very true. Um, I think that being able to say this dude didn't do it was also great. So the state of Virginia did something good. And that's a weird bombshell to land on. I've been AJ Carey. And I'm Sam Rossi. Doses. Laters. Killing 15 Minutes is hosted by Arthur Carey, with scripts written and researched by Sam Rossi. If you like this episode or want to stay updated on this series, consider following Killing 15 Minutes on Patreon or Retrostatic Radio on all major social media platforms. Good night and God bless. You're watching Retrostatic Radio.